When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Steelers Hangover. My name is Brian Anthony Davis alongside... Shannon White and Tony Defio. I know a lot of people want to get to that Ravens-Raiders game. I do too, but hey, we are having a great time. It's a good hangover. Talking about the Steelers beating the Buffalo Bills week one. What a lot of us feel to be a very satisfying win in week one. A lot of people thought that this was going to be an automatic loss and it wasn't and the Steelers came up big mm-hmm. and we're ta- and we're talking about the reasons why and we have some great questions here um so I'm going to bring in some of your Q&A here as we continue along we're going to go a little bit more rapid fire than we usually do so snowman another great contributor tony likes to harken back to magnum pi and uh, call him the robin masters of uh btsc the live chat can we talk about the sick catch deontay johnson made asked snowman my gosh that was probably one of the prettiest catches i have seen in eons i don't know where that's going to rank in history but uh, it's not ben to 10 but uh ben to 18 was pretty darn nice yeah absolutely yeah i mean uh the the concentration he showed when when the guy because the guy went up and tipped the ball away. I mean, I, I call it a bobble in writing, but really the guy tipped it away. And, and for him to stay with it, that's one thing. But to stay with it, catch it, and get both feet in bounds as you're falling out of bounds, and and not lose control because you know everything, any little thing, they'll call it an incomplete pass. At least uh, you know a great deal of the time now. 
but uh yeah it was it was fantastic and 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 he's such a i think he's he's just this close to being a, a superstar receiver Cree Ickes, another uh, great contributor. He uh, brings up this question. Shannon, he touched on this a little bit earlier, so I'm going to uh, ask Tony. Tony, your thoughts on the play of the rookies on the offensive line? We got to see Kendrick Green. We got to see Dan Moore Jr. And, I mean, they they showed out. So what were your thoughts yeah. on them? Yeah, it, it went as about as how I expected it to go. I, you know, I, I thought, you know, more like people said more struggled early, but it, he, he uh, gained confidence as the game went along and he got better. I mean, that's, you, that's, you have to expect it from a rookie and, and Kendrick Green. I mean, that uh, the play was Claypool. When, when, when you see him running down the field, it remind, reminded me of, uh, of, of pouncing in uh, Alan Fanica in their heyday. I mean, to see a guy running that athletic running 30 yards downfield and leading the way for a receiver uh, I mean, he's, you know, he struggled a bit, I guess, just like more, but, but again, you you have to expect that. I mean, these are young guys and, and, and they're going to take their lumps, but, but I like the way they responded, especially in the second half. Clarence Washington says fourth and eight against this defense. They actually thought they could get it seriously <laughs> and a, and a very clever emoji there. Sh- Shannon. Were they was this coaching staff taking this defense for granted? When I say coaching staff, I'm talking about Sean McDermott, Brian Dable, and the and the gang there in Buffalo. Allen was wanting to go for it on fourth down, like three straight possessions <laughs> in the first half. He was like, Oh, we're staying out here, we're staying out here. Right. And McDermott didn't let him. Uh in in a lot closer, like you know, fourth and one and fourth and three. And so in that situation. Uh, I think he was just, he finally just said, okay, let's go for it. Um, but it brings me back to, in the past, I always thought the weakness was that over the middle uh, where they could get uh, the running back or a, a slot guy matched up on one of our linebackers. Well, if you watch the game, Bush and Sherbert were excellent in coverage. Yeah. And they did not get gashed even over the middle in those type of plays. So I think that was a reason why they tried to play that they did. And, uh, you know, thought that because, you know, Hayward was dominating the line of scrimmage. He just was blowing up anything they tried to do. Uh, maybe the most dominant game he's ever played. And so I think that they was kind of scared that he would blow that play up if they went with a straight run or a snake. And so they outsmarted themselves. So, but I think there was a reason why they did it is because that the Steelers had been played so well up to that point. So Brian Brown asked, what do you guys think of this defensive back rotation? I've never seen a team use a corner rotation like that. We've kind of touched on upon that earlier. So I'm going to answer this one and say that I think, although it's not a revolutionary, I know it's been done before. It was very innovative and well thought out. And that's what a good coaching staff is going to do. The coaching staff made this possible with this group. And as they go on, they are going to get so much better. Wes kind of jumps on top of that a little bit too and says 100% sustainable. Cause I asked if it was sustainable earlier because our offense struggled early. It will get better. The defense is very clearly better than last year. I definitely think things improve through the season. So what that, kind of encompasses a lot of what we were talking about. But what the reason I brought Wes's comment up there too is because 
when you're coached like that and that becomes a part of a scheme, you are relying on the talent you have. And this was my biggest problem with Randy Feetner. Randy Feetner, I know this is offense versus defense, but bear with me on this. Randy Feetner would always have his game plan and he would stick with it. Like in Die Hard, they're looking at the playbook and they're going word for word. And that's what he would do. Matt Canada on offense is doing this. And obviously it is being done on defense. They are taking the talents of six to eight guys in the defensive backfield. And they are tailoring it to what they do best and making and taking all those pieces and making a beautiful puzzle together. And that's exactly what they're doing with this DB rotation. I think it's brilliant. It's working. Yes. Monster 19 says, was green taken out for being too chippy? And if so, can we name him the Kraken? <laughs> that's actually funny. Shannon, I, I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, I think Is that what happened. That's a great question because or observation because he had got into a scuffle. We couldn't see it on the the live feed, but they mentioned about him being mixing it up with another defensive lineman. Well, then the play right before that, uh, there was a tackle out around the the sidelines. A Green come in late and dove over the guy making the tackle. Mm-hmm. He just missed him and ended up kind of landing on the sidelines because he was playing to the whistle and he was going to wipe that dude out. Right. And and you can see the coaches immediately grab him and take him to the side and motion has an hour in. And I think they, they got him over and let him calm down because he was still fired up from the previous play. So right. I do think they took him out because he was, he was fired up and he was going to knock somebody out. Now, I don't want to see no dirty plays, but I love that intensity. Yeah, you know what? And I'm going to bring up uh, Ken Cranston saying Greg Hardy is already called the Kraken. Plus, he went to the University of Hogwarts. <laughs> Check YouTube if you think I'm joking. That is awesome. <laughs> That's absolutely incredible. Um, the thing about Kendrick Green for me is he reminds me, I mean, he got into scuffles in practice. He's got a hot head. They're trying to, they're working with him. And, the, and Mike Tomlin and Adrian Clem by taking him out for a couple of plays to say, Hey, let's, <laughs> let's reflect. Remember, this is a team. This is, uh, you have every reason to be upset, but look, if you do that, that's going to cost us 15 and we right. can't have it. So a little cool down and a little lesson learned with a young guy keeps that from happening later on. Um, well, I, I, I gotta t- tell you, I'm not. We're uh, we're almost done with the show. I just saw on our Slack channel. Anybody surprised? Big Al is getting owned right now in that game. So that's uh, something that Big Brosco just mentioned. That's really interesting. So I know we got to get to that that soon. Um, Christopher Levin says Najee is only going to get better. A dominant D will will keep you in every game. Look at Ravens in 2000. Went eight weeks before scoring a TD. Look, they, this offense is going to score. They're not. To, they weren't together, and that's the problem with the preseason these days. You're you're basically you're playing the preseason to build your depth, and that's what's happening now. It's not like when we grew up watching it, where yeah. we saw Terry Bradshaw a lot in the <laughs> in the preseason. Um, so and you're re- go ahead. Tony. You're relying you're, you're relying on four four 
draft picks to be to be uh, to play big roles right away. So it's going to take time. And that was a question too about all. Uh, Cree asked about all of the rookies um, on the offensive line. If you look at the other rookies too, you know that's something that's something to think about. You had six rookies basically starting in that game yesterday. If you think about it, Dan Moore Jr. was one of them. Steelers Pittsburgh says Moore looked like a turnstile in the first half. Definitely got better. Yeah, mm-hmm. he had a chance to grow into it because he wasn't he wasn't facing that stuff in the preseason. It really wasn't. I mean, to the extent that he would yesterday against a really good defense. Let's not forget that Buffalo has a really stout defensive line. And he um, kept fighting. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, he kept fighting. That's the that's what you want to see. So Friar Muth had a big catch yesterday. He was a starter. Najee, the same thing. Najee got better as as the offensive line got better. They did not get an opportunity to uh, really get the ball in his hands as far as a screen pass goes. He could have had a touchdown on that. That was a lot. You know, the announcers for CBS were saying that, you know, he didn't turn around in time. That was more on Najee. That was on Ben. I thought Ben could have thrown a better ball as well. Um, so, you know, you could put, uh, you could put blame on both sides, but all mm-hmm. I'm saying there is it's gonna gel. And in the Ben Roethlisberger era of the last six or seven years, let's just say it takes time to gel because remember he has not played more than one preseason game since 2015. And right. there's reasons for that. And we get it and we know it. The other rookies you're looking at, we talked about Trey Norwood. Trey Norwood, there's another one that got some action yesterday. Um, we mentioned, of course, the two linemen. And then the uh, next guy that I'm going to talk about that got a lot of action was Presley Harvin III. And, and he had one bad punt, but most of them were really good. I mean, I don't know what his average ended up being. He had a 30-yard punt, but he had uh, one over 50. Uh, 41.4. Okay. And that's, uh, but he was doing what he needed to be doing. And I thought that was great of the rookies. I think I'm most excited about Trey Norwood. Cause I did not, I did not expect this. They knew it. They knew what they had. We didn't. And so if you have someone like that, you, so we're looking at the draft and who is not getting any action. We haven't buddy Johnson got a helmet. And he got a ch- he was in there because Robert Spillane gets hurt, and it was nothing more than the fact that he did get hurt. He had a shin problem in in warmups. That's why that change was made. Uh, Quincy Roche is with the Giants. Everybody else contributed in that game. Well, Louder right. Milk. I'm sorry, Louder Milk was a scratch, and I apologize. <laughs> but when you have sixty six percent of your draft picks getting significant time and all in a way a starter because you consider Norway a starter because he was there at the beginning as Mm -hmm. Dave Schofield pointed out yesterday. Presley Harvin's a starter because he's the punter. Fryermuth was a starter because he he started as well. Najee, the two guys on the line. Yeah, six starters from a draft class. When have we seen that? It's it's just absolutely amazing to me. So uh, great. Um, you know, there 
Ben said it last week, there are going to be growing pains. And that's absolutely what it is. Now, with that effort that we saw yesterday, keep in mind that this line is going to have some time to gel. And hopefully after week three and week four in Green Bay, you see Hulk Banner. So uh, some people are excited for that. Some people does not instill confidence in them. I get it. But that's if you're looking at the run game, he's fantastic in the running game. So there, there's some things to look at there. I'm going to ask you this question, guys. Say Zach Banner does come back. He goes to right tackle. Who's your left tackle? <laughs> is it Dan Moore Jr. at this time? Or is it going to be Chooks? Shannon, I'll start with you. Definitely. Dan, Dan Moore has won that position. I don't see him going anywhere. Of course, I didn't think Dodson would either last year. But, you know, DeCastro with his experience and being an all-pro, you know, I, I would have – they didn't know what to do with Fryer. Uh, uh, but I think Dan Moore has easily been the best tackle in camp, and he's won that position. Oakleford has been the weak link on the line. He was yesterday. Um, he, he just, there was a play that, um, they threw a quick, uh, out pass screen to a wide receiver and they asked Trey Turner and Oakleford to get out in front of it. And Trey Turner, I don't know if you've seen it, but he blew up Edmonds. He put him on his backside. Hmm. He actually took out two blockers with one block because he put Edmonds on the ground. Oakleford had to block uh, White, the cornerback for the Bills, and he, he was just – there's no physicality there. He just, like, shielded him. He got in his way. He, he doesn't – he just doesn't have the physicality or the aggression that this line is looking for. And to me, Oakleford is definitely playing out of position at right tackle, and I think he's going to end up being the swing tackle because I think Banner will take over at right tackle when he comes back. Because right now they have to develop this running game in Harris. All right. Buck Dancer asks this question, Bad and Shannon. If DeCastro becomes healthy midseason, any chance we sign him back? I'm gonna say no. I, I really I almost think this is more of a divorce. And I think by the time midseason comes around, you're going to see more cohesion on this offensive line. And I think uh missing that much time is really hard to bring a guy back in. I also think that uh, David DeCastro impresses me um, as a true professional, but he also impresses me on a guy that is re- is a very intelligent player, very intelligent person, but impresses me on the kind of guy that is ready to move on with his life post-football. So um, I, would, I would probably not see that happening, but that's very interesting to think about because with these Pittsburgh Steelers, though, and the way things have been, you never know. And I, I, I will, I will honestly say that. I want to bring up Clarence again here to bring up something that that we haven't talked about a lot. We haven't even talked about T.J. Watt a lot. Hayward was a beast; they couldn't stop him. Tony, this is going to be the craziest question I've asked you in a long time. Is Cam Hayward one of the most underrated superstars on this team? I, well, I mean, I think he, he definitely is taken for granted. I mean, he's so consistently good, you know, and, and 
he's one of the top three or four defensive linemen, in, in my opinion, in the entire NFL. I mean, he's just he's mm-hmm. just fantastic. And as far as uh, nationwide, the guy needs more recognition. I mean, he's just had such a fantastic career. And what this is his eleventh season, and he's still going strong. He's probably playing better than ever. Yesterday might have been his best game. He had twelve mm-hmm. pressures. I, I think I saw online. That's that's crazy. I mean, that's like Joe Green, nineteen seventy two stuff. I mean, that's just fantastic. I mean, uh, he's definitely one of the more underappreciated people on uh, on the team, and uh, certainly nationwide. Okay, I'm going to ask Shannon a cra- even crazier question. <clears throat> We're able to go ahead and get a time machine, Shannon. And it's me, you, Tony, and Cam Hayward. And we go back to 1974. We say, guys, we've got an offensive, we've got to have a defensive lineman for you. Where do you put Cam Hayward? Does he fit on the steel curtain defense? And who does he replace? Shannon White. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. You're talking about the uh, <laughs> hollowed ground for this Steeler fan. Yeah. When we're starting to talk about the '70s and the Steel Curtain and the Dwight uh, White and Ernie Holmes and LC and me, Joe. I mean, uh, I, I love Cam Hayward, but but those those guys were I that, I cut my teeth on them guys. That was that's how I learned football. So. Um, he could definitely have played. He had the physicality, the toughness. Uh, he could have definitely played. I, I, I'll stop short of saying he's going to replace anybody uh, because of the way they played, and it was a different era, and, and they were the perfect quartet. Uh, yeah. uh, they really were great together. I, I wouldn't want to change that. But he definitely had the toughness. He would have fit in. You know, I don't know if you've seen the, the press conference after yesterday's game. He was wearing a Lambert's Lunatics T-shirt. That's awesome. And and so he would have fit in perfectly with that mindset of the '70s steel curtain. But I I have to stop short of replacing anybody. <laughs> See, you know, I threw you under the bus there too, and I threw you to the wolves. And the reason I did that because I don't have an answer. Yeah. You know, I'm a huge LC Greenwood fan too. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's hard to say anything about Mad Dog or, or uh, Arrowhead either. Tony, are you going to bleed the fifth on this one? Or are you going to give it a shot? Are you you going to be bold enough to replace somebody on the steel curtain with Cam? No, I have I have email. I don't want anybody emailing me. So what I'll say <laughs> is the fact that he's even in a discussion with uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. being able to play uh, with a group like that, maybe the greatest defensive line ever. I think that speaks a lot, uh, a lot about uh, Cam's abilities as as a, as a, as a player and where he ranks in in, in annals of uh, team history as far as defensive linemen are concerned. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, it's being brought to my attention that I missed a super chat, and I do not see it. I know we read Snowman's, and I know we read Kathy's. So if I am missing, oh, Occam's Ox, there it is. How nice was it to get legit halftime adjustments? One ninety nine from Occam's Ox. Thank you so much. I gotta tell you, that was we saw halftime adjustments in that Indianapolis game in Week sixteen last year, and we saw it again today. Actually, actually, I'm sorry on uh, Sunday. So, yeah, 
it definitely was nice. I really think that this coaching staff is tuned in and they are never stopping. And I feel like we had that problem with Randy all along that he just, and I mean, I'm not trying to pile on this guy. I mean, God bless him. He's a very good man. Um, but as far as adjustments, I think they're doing so much more and who they have right now is so much more equipped to do that. Uh, Tony Shannon thoughts. I'll start with you, Tony. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Matt Canada, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, is that what you said? What you said? I, I was, I was, I was trying to uh, look for the super chat. I'm sorry. Could you, could you repeat that again about the adjustments? Yeah, that's what it was. That was Ox. Um, how nice was it to get legitimate halftime adjustments? Was our super chat? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have seen it a lot uh, in in the recent past with the defense. I think uh, with Bud Dupree said a couple years ago with uh, at Cleveland game at that second Cleveland game that Mike Tomlin went high school with the chalkboard at halftime. So they've been doing that <laughs> on defense. Um, but yeah, offense. You're you're definitely right about Randy Fichter. He he, he kind of wasn't as innovative as it needed to be. And, and and it was nice to see the offense kind of make some adjustments in that second half. And as you said, uh, the, the, the yardage alone that, that Najee Harris averaged running the ball in the second half, I think that speaks well for, for how they adjusted. And I think uh, it definitely seemed like a, better, a different attack in the second half. So the first half seemed a lot like what we saw a lot of last year, a quick four or five yard passes, some passes behind the line of scrimmage. Whereas in the second half, they kind of opened it up just a little bit more. Wes asked, how did we feel about Presley Harvin yesterday? You know, man, I tell you what, I, I really like what, what Big Press did. I know we talked about that a little bit earlier. I, I feel like this guy, uh, I don't care that he had one go off his foot. That's going to happen. But more times than not, it seemed like at one point, I thought he was going to be the MVP of the game because he was out there a lot. <laughs> and and he was not he was not breaking down. You're going to have a bad punt here and there. And I know Tony mentioned a 41 average, um, but you know what? All I'm going to say is I think he's a winner too. Um, Mule, Mule doesn't like him. He called him Shankalina. He shank well, I mean, Mule? he's a, he's a rookie too. I mean, there, there is a human element involved here. Yeah. Punting. He doesn't have to do much different than he did in college, but he's still a rookie. It's his first professional game in front of 80 some thousand screaming maniacs who like to, drink beer and jump through, uh, jump, crash through tables. So, I mean, it kind of intimidating, I'm, I'm, I would imagine. So, you know, it, like I said in the summer, the second he has a one bad punt, people are going to be calling for another punter. That's just how it is when, when you're in that profession, punting and kicking. So I guess I'll have to get used to that. But but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. It was his first game. Hey, man. Um, did you see the – Joel wants to – Go ahead. Did you see the – did you see that one? Yeah, yeah. I have it coming next. Okay, I didn't know we answered that one or not. No, I, I have that coming next. I was going to – I tell you what, I've, uh, I'm have i going to skip the one I was going to put on and and uh, and make a, make a tongue-in-cheek joke about uh, um, what another analyst thought, and I would just say that, well, he'll wait until Jeffrey Benedict tweets it, and then he'll put his thoughts out and, and <laughs> copy it. So I, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. So uh, Derek Sessions, $5. Um, if the defense completely out of the LeBeau era and into the Tomlin era, or am I seeing something different? Yeah. 
I'll let you guys answer that, but I, I think this is a completely different, uh, Mike Tomlin did the, wanted to do this all along and he was very respectful of not just the fans, but of the heritage and of Dick LeBeau when he came in and he basically said, I would be crazy if I were to change a thing, but he came from the cover too. He was, he definitely had his own defense. He had a Super Bowl winning defensive backfield with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, he had some talent on that team, but he had some other guys like Dexter Jackson and some players on there that he really helped make. Sure, he had a Hall of Famer and John Lynch out there. He had some good players, and Rondé Barber was on that team, but he also had some guys that, that really, uh, that came out of nowhere that he coached up. And so his scheme on defense, he really did not, uh, he took a while to, to bring that in, but it seemed actually even more when Terrell Austin came in that Terrell Austin is, uh, he really helped in 2019 when Austin came in, he helped make it a little bit more cohesive. So, uh, and I think he comes from the same school as Tomlin. I've overspoke about this because, and I said I was going to throw it to you guys. So let me throw it to you guys real quick on that, Shannon. I think as long as Butler is the defensive coordinator, we're going to see LeBeau's impact and influence. Um, I agree that Austin has is, is done a great job. Um, and because for Butler, that might be his weakness is you know he's a great linebackers coach and uh and he surrounded himself with you know guys like Mitchell and Austin to help with the other units uh but they were really struggled and have forever to identify uh secondary talent and to develop it and I think Austin's changing that we're seeing with guys like Pierre Sutton Norwood so um I think the, we're still seeing LeBeau's influence, and we will, uh, especially as long as they stay in that 3-4 package. You know, that, that's their base defense, and and that's LeBeau. Absolutely. Tony, any, any thoughts on that? Well, as far as uh, – we, we read, like, as far back as, like, 2014, 2015, whenever – whatever year uh, – I think it was 2015 when, when Butler took over – you know, they, they were going to start utilizing guys like Tuit and Hayward as more of pass rushers and, 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 and take advantage of their athleticism as opposed to having them be like the, what they call it, two gap guys that, that occupied blockers. They were going to be more of a one, one, one gap uh, defensive lineman. And, and we're seeing, we're seeing it. We've seen it for years now. Can you imagine Tuit and Hayward as good as they are, as athletic as they are being there, like those, uh, like, uh, guys that would eat up blockers, it would seem like a huge waste. So from that, from that standpoint, I think we definitely, we've been move, moving on from that or they've been moving on from that for years, but yeah, you're seeing like so much a culmination of so many things over the last six, seven years, with their change of philosophy and the defensive backs that they're bringing in the guys that, that they want to, that they, you know, trying to you know, like have dual roles, like with Cam Sutton, even guys like 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 Terrell Edmonds, like they, they can play dimebacker, safety, uh, slot, all that stuff. So yeah, you're, I think you're, we've definitely moved on from that. I'm looking at uh, some comments from Wes and Sean Manahan about the O line needing some time to warm up. Najee will be fine, and I agree with those guys 100 on that. I really, what I'm looking at here is 
I have found this since 2015 that week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers seems to be a tune-up game and it's another preseason game actually for this team as far as I'm concerned and they escaped which means that you know they had to work a lot of bugs out and in that second half and we've already said this on the show the second half those bugs really started to be working out so with that being said I think that's about all the questions that we are going to go ahead and go through. I am really, uh, I'm really excited here. Um, I said something that Steelers Pittsburgh said blasphemy bad, and I'm not even sure what it was. So I, I'd love to know. <laughs> that was the uh, nope. that was the cam uh, taking somebody's <laughs> place for steel curtain in the '70s oh, question. So we're really, gosh, we're wow, now. I'm way behind. I'm way behind, aren't I? On the gosh, we've had so much in the live chat. It's been absolutely fantastic here so um oh i see something that i just got here um and I, it's all caps so i've got to read this brian i need my question answered if you took cam jr back to the 70s in a time machine if he had a child while there with would he have to name him cam senior to prevent a giant butterfly effect oh so that is way over my head i have no idea okay, what well, he's talking about okay yes so i got this so the fact that Ironhead, if he goes back to the 70s, Ironhead was about right around my age. So Ironhead, as long as he did not cross paths with Ironhead <laughs> in the 70s, we would have really been fine. So the Steelers would have been fine there. The butterfly effect probably would have not happened. Um, then we get all into a back to the future type thing and and uh, Calvin Klein and then... Uh, the next thing you know, we've got Darth Vader and Eddie Van Halen in the mix. Uh, you know, I've been criticized re recently for going into all my 80s references, so I kept them out tonight, but I just couldn't help it with the space-time continuum. It had to happen, and it did. So there you go. Um, Russ asked a question. Do rules permit Ben to have earpiece to listen to Canada? <clears throat> kind of think that they do but I, I don't even i don't even know anymore um do you guys know that well don't they doesn't the quarterback have uh the the, the uh, he, he has the earpiece yeah yeah i mean but doesn't he have it in, like the, the, the coordinator has to has to sh shut it off like 15 seconds before the play starts right is that how it works yeah i i believe so so guys I'm really encouraged. I'm going to get ready to go ahead and scout the uh, Las Vegas Raiders right now. I've uh, I know we're a little bit behind. Thank you for all of those that you know stuck with us. The the Ratbirds are on, and you stuck with us, so that means a lot. Look, I have not looked since I've been here on the show, and that's good because that's exciting. But our podcast platform is on a roll right now, and I don't usually share this kind of stuff, but we set two records last week as far as daily records for downloads. And I am just seeing this number now and our download record that we set last week was 18,000 per day because of all of you tuning in and checking out our shows. We are at a ridiculous number of 26,000 downloads today which is absolutely incredible. We broke a, a record in August with 300 
and seven, 311,000 downloads. It was the best of all time, and that was not in a regular season. The regular season has come around, and we are on the 13th day of September, and we are trending for about 450-plus thousand downloads. And that means a big deal. One of the reasons that I was so excited and I was trying about that game yesterday because Jeff, Dave, and I think about numbers all the time because that's our jobs They're on the editorial side and on the podcast side, my side. The reason we talk about that and think about that internally is the fact that we know you're coming. We know you're going to be here. But if the Steelers start off 0-3, you're not going to be as excited. And there was going to be less excitement. When they won that game, they put the excitement into the fans that the fans deserve. Absolutely. We are reaping the benefits of that. And so thank you so much. We do, we could do, we didn't do these shows before. We we did one a day. Uh, two years ago, we had about seven. Now we've got 25 new ones every single week. And we have so many great, talented guys. Tomorrow, Jeffrey Benedict's going to hit with, with his show. The live mic's going to hit tomorrow with Michael Beck. Um, just fantastic stuff. Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman was a fantastic show today. You're going to get the Scobros tomorrow night. You're going to get Matty Peverell on Thursday. You are going to get so many. Um, but what you're going to do is you're you're not going to get too much of the same stuff. We try to mix it up. So with that being said, we thank you so much for being a part of our world and inspiring us to do what we do. So we thank you so much. We cannot do that without any of you. And you give us a reason to put out the content and you are taking the content and you are, you are embracing it. And we thank you. And that's why we, we do this. I'm going to speak for Tony and Shannon here and say, we are just fans. We are just like you. We are just blessed to get a platform. We somehow backed into this and it feels so good. So thank you so much to all of you. So with that being said, we need you to do three things. Number one, be safe. Number two, be true to yourself. Number three, always be behind the steel curtain. We are going to be back here next week. We're going to talk about hopefully a great hangover that we're celebrating because we're celebrating into the night with the Las Vegas Raiders in week two. So for Shannon White and Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. And to quote the great Rowdy Roddy Piper and the great Ric Flair, just when you think you got all the answers. We keep changing the questions. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.